Baby. We're live on all sorts of mediums, baby. Welcome back to Mind the Gape, everybody. I'm Reese. And I'm Jeep. And today we're going to be talking about sexpionage. Sexpionage. We're spies deployed during the... Would you say this is a cold or warm war that we're having? It's a hot war. It's hot, hot, hot. steamy. Hot, hot steamy, ba-dum, sexy, ba-dum, and hung. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Wait, is that copywritten? Are we going to... We can't get, can we get in trouble for doing an acapella painting? (laughs) I would gag for that, honestly. That'd be hot. Let's get sued. That's the publicity we need. That's like a lawsuit. No bad publicity. (laughs) Um, Okay, wait. Before we jump into our theme today, ladies and gentlemen, as per usual, we're going to do the gape down. I have less to share than Jeep this week. So I'm just going to start by uh, rattling off about a particularly saucy sexcapade that I had with a German man who lives super close to you by the way love this is the worst thing about Williamsburg honestly is like a it's like the final evolution of a mall like it's a fucking horrible place but not only is it terrible but every hot man that I want to have sex with lives here literally every single literally one it's every insane. single one and this man really took the cake like six two beautiful body I showed you you I did mean, obviously Gorgeous. literally nobody believes me when they listen and I say this is the hottest man I've ever had sex with because like, you say that every literal time okay well there's just always somebody like it's just like a very contentious and hard fought battle. And there's just always somebody, mm-hmm. you know, reclaiming the hilltop. What is I I've lost this analogy. Reclaiming the hilltop. <laughs> reclaiming the I don't know, you're like fighting to the top of the battlefield hill arena whatever coliseum there we go gladiators that would be a good theme that would be a really hot we should do an episode on gladiators and gladiator porn that would be 300 but it's a bukake (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a really good idea that's a really good idea that's a really good idea do you think there's more gladiator porn or more uh espionage porn Good cue. I think there's probably more gladiator porn. Probably more gladiator porn. Because, like, what's hotter? I'm. Mm. What's more accessible? I don't know. I think they want like, gladiator porn to be more accessible. Maybe, but it also feels kind of lowbrow. Like, sex oh, porn. On. Back at the ranch. Tell me about <laughs> the German man. Okay, so the German man was fucking amazing because, um, basically, it was like, we had been chatting and he was just like, very communicative, which you know that I love. Love. And I pretty much just like messaged him. I was like, I'm in like a real like sub bottom mood. Like I just want to come in like wearing a jock strap. You don't touch my dick. You don't look at it. It's like, I am literally a whole sir. And he was like obsessed. Love. And so that was exactly what happened. I walked in, we had amazing sex and truly what made it so amazing is like, despite the fact that like I, you know, was simply not concerned with pleasuring myself. He very much was, even though he was fucking the shit out of me. Pleasuring you. Yeah. Yeah. And himself, obviously. Yeah. um, And so despite like there being no contact, I totally fully came my little stupid little Calvin Klein jockstrap. Mm -hmm. And it was squirted. I love it. (laughs) Squirted all over the place. And it was amazing. No, it was like earth shattering. I like was physically and audibly shuddering by the end of it. I haven't come hands-free in ages. It's been literal ages since I come Okay, you know what I want? I really want some data on, like, how many gay men or people who have queer sex 
come hands-free because like I, would love to I really feel like I am a serious anomaly but then like I get on gay Twitter and there's always some dude with like a little dildo up his butt just like literally milking his dick it's like insane I want that power I, I know I don't have that power I don't have I, that, literally I don't think I can deliver it to myself but no I do I am fortunate enough that it does happen to me but wow your phone just does not stay open does it um for those listening, I am using Jeep's phone to view our makeshift outline of this episode. Um, but yeah, I think what was like, I think the one thing I wanted to note about that hookup and what I thought was so amazing about it, besides like the overt like experience of like an anal orgasm was like, I think what like produces that. And I think why I'm like relatively successful at having those kinds of orgasms is because mm-hmm. I'm really able to, and in this case, exceedingly so, get into like that sort of headspace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, I think so many men, at least I think so many cis gay men who are like having sex and who are bottoming are often so concerned with like the obvious things we find ourselves concerned with, right? Like, am I pooping on his dick? Like, <laughs> is it clean? <laughs> um, but also then like, with like these sort of secondary questions of like, and mm. like these greater questions, which are related to the, you know, questions of cleanliness. Like, am I satisfying the person who's fucking me? Because you're just like in a more vulnerable position than the person who's like the active quote unquote participant. Especially like, you're not going to really know that unless you're openly communicating during sex, which a lot of people don't do. No, a lot of people don't do that. And so I think what happens is because we weren't super openly communicating during sex, it was more reliant on me in that moment, really just like, being committed to that headspace of like a being like a sub bottom but b just like knowing and trusting that like i am pleasing this person which like was so obvious because the sex was like so rough and so passionate and like Mm -hmm. you know we were just like deeply present that and i was like pounded full of poppers (laughs) i was gonna say i was literally just about to ask like were you using poppers which i usually don't but in this case i I, but you know it's like when you if it's really good and your dick's big and you're offering me poppers like i'm not gonna say no like who looks a gift horse in the mouth guy i hooked up with kind of off topic that the really like big burly guy who like fucked my brains out not the country bumpkin um this other guy uh-huh. who the guy that I, I had gay sex for the first time in like months. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. him. He poppered me up and he was talking about how like, oh, like I love like poppers allow me to melt into another person and connect with them on a level that I am unable to do without them. And I'm like, that's kind of sad. What an incredibly sophisticated way of saying poppers make you stupid. Yeah. Poppers make you stupid. That's literally what happens. I mean, sometimes it does help because it's like, it does just like, it relaxes the brain. Yeah. It nukes that like anxiety that's like ticking Mm -hmm. away in the back of your brain. And like, you can just like, you know, push your hole out and take whatever up. Um. Oh my God. Uh, I, Ryan got a great product idea for poppers. That I have to tell you about later. I don't want to, I don't want to reveal his idea on the yeah, pod. Someone steals it. Speaking of lawsuits. Okay. Wait. So jumping ahead, tell me about sex with, uh, what are we calling Fisher? Fisher? Fisher. Fisher. So we're calling Fisher. 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 Sorry. Fisher that Price. was a, that was a building at my college. That was a little <laughs> a bit of an obscure reference. Hey, Pam. So basically this guy, we have been consistently hooking up since 2015 he has known me for that so long. That is a long time. Long ass time. We first met at, it was upstate, he lives upstate, at a park. Because I was convinced he was going to kill me for some reason. Because he's kind of weird online, he doesn't have really good pictures, but he's super hot in person. Nothing like meeting body, a dude online who's kind of weird. Short king, great dick. Just like, 
How short? You're 5'5". Five five. He's like 5'6 five or 5'7 or something. Fine. But so, um, we have this unparalleled chemistry that has been consistent for years. For years. And he's seen me, you know, blossom into this woman that I'm becoming. Mm-hmm. I've seen him, you know, try to be a vegan and fail. <laughs> we have a deep connection with each other. <laughs> We've been with each other through it thick and thin. And it was funny. I was taking care of my boyfriend after his surgery, taking care of him, making sure he was okay, blah, 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 walking the dog, helping clean the house, et cetera. And then Fisher texts me. He's like, hey, I'm in Brooklyn tonight. And I'm like, bye, boyfriend. <laughs> bye. <laughs> so good go. seeing you. Love that exploded herniated disc in your back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. You looks like you're doing great. I got to go. <laughs> and I told, I told my boyfriend, I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go see Fisher. Mm-hmm. I wasn't explicit that we were going to hook up, but I feel like he knew. I mean, yeah, you're so open with him about what's going on. I'm so open about our open relationship and about everything. I'm so open about being open. I'm so open, but openly cheating on him. No. (laughs) Um, I love when I meet new people and I tell them I have a boyfriend. They see me like making out with some guy at a party and I'm like, no, 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 no. I swear. No, you think you're seeing something and you're not. No, you're not. You're not. You think you're seeing drama, but you're not. But my point is like, What's your longest grinder situationship? I have really not. Or dating app situationship. Dating app situationship? That opens like a whole other sort of can of worms. I think grinder specifically was there was this surgeon in Pittsburgh who I met like basically the second I went there. So like, as you know, my parents had moved to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. while I was like in college, did not know anybody there, had zero connections there. And so... Like, when I got there, I obviously immediately got on Grindr because I was like, where are the queers? Like, I need to find them. And I hit it off with this, like, really hot surgeon who was, like, eight years older than me, really nice guy. And, like, we're still friends and, like, we talk on occasion. But, like, we hooked up very actively and very regularly for, like, years. Like, would make a Mm. point of, like, seeing one another, like, in different cities or whenever we were crossing paths. He was obviously someone I always like spent a lot of time with when I was in Pittsburgh. It was actually kind of weird because I introduced him to my parents and my dad. Oh. Because my, and my, since my dad's a surgeon, like he loved him and like they got along really great. And I was like, y'all know we're fucking, right? Wait, so are you going to guys have like, is there potential for sex in the future? I don't know. No. Okay. Actually, so interesting. So he's the one who basically like introduced me to like ethical non-monogamy, if you will. Yeah. Um, but like with that book, what is that fucking horrible book? Um, like how to be a slut or something. Something like that. Yeah. Like terrible book. Like so dated. Awful. Don't read it. Um, but he like had a long-term partner when we started hooking up, but Mm -hmm. like we like started to really care for each other and he, you know, touts himself as super polyamorous or whatever. And so he was the person who actually made me really start thinking about like having an open relationship or just like a non-traditional relationship and that being like a paradigm in my life. However, (laughs) what some like chickens in his life have come home to roost because he is now like very actively seeing a sex therapist and monogamous with his current partner. What a twist. What a twist. What a twist. No, I know. And I think it's because, well, the drama is basically he was with somebody for like 10 years. Yeah. Three of which they were open, but seven preceding, he was just serially cheating on them, like treating it as an open relationship anyway. Wait, so he was treating it as an open relationship, but it wasn't actually open? Yeah. And then it became an open relationship and 
then that was like those were the only kinds of relationships he pursued thereafter. Fucking yikes. But it seems like it's This guy still, sounds like a mess. Yeah, he's a mess. So it seems like it still didn't work out for him. But um one point for monogamy. <laughs> 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 and that's um, something we never say on this pod. Yeah, so take note, and that'll be the one and only point for monogamy. But so, I want to lead in. I want to talk about flirting. Yeah, let's. because this past pool night. So we make it to ch- the hot bartender is obviously there. Mm-hmm. Should we say? Ch- should we beep that out? Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll we'll workshop it. Um. <laughs> So we get there. The hot bartender is there. He immediately sees me. We're holding hands. He kisses my hand. He's like, how are you doing? You look amazing tonight. Blah, 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 blah. And we're chit-chatting. Then my friend comes over, the one he had sex on the pool table two weeks before. Mm -hmm. And was like, oh, my God. Like, his face lit up, obsessed with her. He's been, like, texting her nonstop, et cetera. Gave us free drinks the whole night. Told her that all she owed was a kiss on the cheek. That's so hot. So hot. All I want is a bartender to not give me my $200 chab and instead ask me to kiss him on the cheek. So, so hot. And then fast forward to the end of the night, he invites, uh, should I say Christina? I don't know. She's your friend, not mine. Whatever. I'll probably be put out too. So he invites us to stay after closing. Uh Uh-huh. And we're hanging out with the bouncer. We're smoking inside. We're having a nice little time. And then him and Christina start making out. And I'm like, okay, like, should I leave? And he's like, no, like, don't leave. Like, I just made you a drink. Like, you should stay. And then he, like, kind of, like, convinces Christina and I to make out. This is oddly similar to when you got almost bamboozled into having a three-way with... um, With Rocky Rocky and and Bowinkle. Yeah. Yeah. You are so wrong for that. (laughs) You are so wrong for that. Um, Um, Yeah, it it does. It's giving those teas for sure. But he wasn't trying to make out with me, which was like pretty fucking clear and honestly kind of upsetting. And then I finally was like, oh, like I really should probably just leave. And I looked at, I looked at my friend and I was like, we should just, I'm just going to go. And he was like, oh, like I'll open the gate for you. And he like walked me outside, was like touching me and like saying all these sweet things to me. And then I, as you know, putting my drink down, (laughs) I never make the first move. Never, ever, ever. Because I need to be certain that you are attracted to trans women because I know I'm not cis passing, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I need to know you're down. Mm -hmm. I need to know you're not just down, but you're secure in your masculinity. You're secure in your sexuality. Right. And you know what you're doing. Period. And... I was just convinced because all my friends, including the friend that he was flirting with even more than me, was like, he's into you. You should go for it. This is your night. Blah, 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 blah. It's so obvious, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Like I was being gassed up and gaslit okay. by everyone in my community. Right. Back to our last episode. Stop gassing people up. It's actually bad. It's actually bad. It's bad because I like, like pulled him in a little bit Mm -hmm. to see what would happen, to see if he would ignite a kiss in Mm -hmm. some way. And he goes, easy, 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 girl. Like, not tonight or whatever. And I was just humiliated. Why are you humiliated? Because it was just like, not just getting rejected, but being rejected for the cis woman was... 
an intense feeling while you're wasted. Yeah, definitely. Well, major caveat. While major you're caveat, I was wasted. I mean, I feel like what strikes me is not so much um, the rejection as it is like the mixed signals, right? The mixed like signals. that's really what's frustrating. We all get rejected all the time. You and me get rejected plenty and we're plenty. so good at handling it right on to the next. But like, I think what sucks is when somebody's conveying one thing and then their actions are demonstrating another. And it's like, I'm not clairvoyant. I'm not omniscient. Like I can't read your mind mm-hmm. and know how to behave like accordingly because then it also just yeah. cast out it just cast out on like everything he said because then it's like okay well like which aspects of like what you're sharing with me and complimenting me on etc are genuine versus like some sort of weird appeal to this cis friend of mine and her yeah like, are you flirting with me because you find genuine interest in me are you flirting with me because you <coughs> want me to obviously not to buy more drinks because the drinks were free that night but then also like are you flirting with me to seem cool to my friend? Like, okay, but, but. Yeah. Is it, and we wrote this down, is it wrong to flirt for its own sake? Is it wrong to flirt for its, to for flirting's sake? Yeah. Like, That's is it wrong thing. to flirt with somebody with the intention, with your intention being, I'm just flirting? I also just wanted to be clear that, like, I know the distinction between being kind and being flirtatious. There is a huge distinction between those two things. And I would like to think I understand that because I'm a very nice person, as you know. I mean, I think that line gets drawn differently for different people. You know what? That's totally fair. But yeah. circling back to our conversation last week, was it mm-hmm. last week? About like men in general, if you show them any sort of kindness, they assume they're in love with you. Mm-hmm. You're in love with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, Am I assuming I'm not as I wasn't assuming he was in love with me because everybody else was telling me he was and I had my guard up the whole time and I let it down for a split second. You know, I will say this is like conjuring up for me not to get like profoundly psychoanalytic, but like like I remember when I was a kid, like I was so nervous about hitting on women, probably because I was a faggot. Mm -hmm. But also like I just think I had like quite a bit of like social anxiety, especially when it came to romance and intimacy. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Literally, who would have guessed? Um, and so I remember, like, talking, like, one of, one of, like, one of very few times in which I was, like, talking to my dad pretty candidly about that. And he was like, you just need to flirt with people. And I was like, well, I don't want to just flirt. And he's like, no, that's exactly what you should do. Like, it's like a, it's like something you have to practice. You have to get comfortable doing it. And it's like a, I don't want to say it's a skill. I mean, it is a skill. We're literally incredible at flirting. Like, we're literally so good at it. Do you um, have any flirting tips? Do I have any flirting tips? Ooh, do you have any flirting tips? I have to think about that one. So, like, I think the best way to flirt is to try and identify a love language as fast as possible. So, like, try out different things. Throw out a compliment. Throw out, like, a little, like, I was showing this to you yesterday. Like, tap him on the shoulder or, like, tap his chest. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, when a guy makes a joke something stupid or whatever, and you're going to laugh at it anyways because you want to gas him up. Mm -hmm. I do a little slap on the chest or a little slap on the arm. Like, oh, my God, stop. Like, oh, my God. And then sometimes I'll, if he responds positively to that and things to look at as a positive response, like he's smiling, he, like, bats back, et cetera, 
I kind of like to add like, oh, if especially if he's like buff or something, I would like add like, oh my God, this is like so hard. Like, oh my God, your muscles. Oh my God, you are such a basic little bitch. You I literally am a basic are, little bitch. This is literally like bring it on flirting. Like <laughs> this is like cheerlead, like movie flirting. I mean, would you expect anything less from me? Not at all. And let me tell you, men eat it up. If I'm flirting, it's honestly like I'm just completely gaslighting you. Like one of my favorite moves is like I'll go up to somebody and I'll be like, I'm so sorry, but like, I just can't shake the strangest sense of deja vu I get from you. Like, have we met before? Oh my God, that's awful. <laughs> it works every time. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much and I hate that it works. No. And you know, what's the worst is like most people will respond and be like, no, but I really feel the same way. Really? Again, gaslighting. Has anyone ever been like, no? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course, I get so many deadpans on that. People are like, absolutely not. But it does always incite a conversation. Well, these are things to try out. And if you're a popular head cheerleader like me, maybe the flirtation (laughs) will work for you too. And the last thing I kind of want to get into from the gape down, for the gape down. Within the gape down. Within the gape down. Is the Russian is back. I don't know. This is big. If you guys remember, I talked about this like a hot, tall, buff Russian guy who I ended up feminizing, who wanted me to quote unquote fuck him like a woman. Well, I thought he blocked me on Grinder, but it turns out he just deleted his profile and then remade a new one. And Love now he's back in the picture. It's the Cold War all over again. Oh baby. my God. It is nasty and it is weird. It's getting. At first, it was hot. At first, it was really hot. And then. I sent you the screenshots. You sure did. It, With audio, mind it you. It took a turn when we were like in the middle of sexting and he was like, should I put on panties? And I was like, yeah, you should. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because it'd be hot as hell. And then he says, <laughs> am I supposed to be a girl? Am I not supposed to be a boy? Oh. And... So you're actually just kind of therapizing him. Literally. And like, I'm like, uh, I don't know, bro. Like that's something you should talk to a therapist about. Like literally I said that to him and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I think I took it too far. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of did because he's literally like using the potential. I'm not questioning his potential transness at all because like maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But what I am questioning is fetishizing the trans body for your own pleasure. Okay, but like, and that is, but okay, Andrea Longshu and Females, we love this book, as you'll have heard at this point. She writes exactly about this, about how sissy porn and porn about like men being feminized and told that they're actually women is what made her trans. Yeah. Because it like, A, it was illuminating, right? But also because like, you know, the way she talks about desire, she talks about desire as something that is like a structural condition, much like patriarchy or masculinity. It's thrust upon us. It's unwanted. And it's often problematic. That's not to like forgive or absolve anybody who is like fetishizing transness, but mm-hmm. to say that like clearly in the instance of this guy, it is tied up in some deeply personal questions about who he is and what his gender or their gender is, I suppose. And, and it's not my job. And it's not your it's job. It's not my job. It's not your job. Just send him a link to females. Be like, start I told here. him. I've literally told him to read that book. 
Everyone should read that book. Females by Andrea Longshu. Everyone should read that book. Shameless, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, okay, I guess like we can finally jump into sexpionage. Today we're going to talk about voyeurism, like using sex to get intel, wingmanning, role play, and some other stuff at the end. Um, <laughs> yes. Jeep, voyeurism, peeping toms. How do you feel about a peeping tom? Have you ever been a peeping tom? Be honest. I'm trying to think. I mean, I have seen, like, living in New York City, like, I have seen people have sex. Yeah, period. In, like, the window, on a balcony, on a roof. I've seen this one time, I saw this couple by the river in a bush fucking. The girl was riding the guy. Hot. And they go, shh, quiet, 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 stop moving, stop moving. And they both just stare at me. (laughs) As if, like, as if, like, if they stop moving, they'll go invisible. And I literally look at them and I'm with my sister and I turn to my sister and shout, Marin, there are people fucking in the bush. <laughs> like insane, insane. Okay. So you haven't willingly been a peeping Tom. No, I haven't consensually been a well, peeping Tom. Are peeping Tom's consensual? No. Been thrust upon you. No, that's the whole issue about that's the whole it. Point. I don't think I've ever been a peeping Tom. It never appealed to me. I don't think I have been either. It's just like, well, I mean, and like I was telling you this earlier, like voyeurism itself doesn't really appeal to me. I'm all about like being on the other side. Like I am an exhibitionist. Like, oh my God. When I lived in London, I used to have this like little Scottish twink friend that I would like occasionally fuck, occasionally go out with. It was like a weird sort of in-between situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like a very talented illustrator. And so one day we got like super fucked up. It was like, oh, it was like during the pandemic, like right when pubs opened, um, and like everybody was like celebrating because like London was literally like the only city in the world that was like being so reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got absolutely trashed, came back to my place, and I was like, I want you to draw me. And I start like taking off my clothes and like plop down, like wildly inebriated in a chair, like eyes rolling back, like tongue lolling out. Like I honestly looked a fucking mess. But he started drawing me so intensely that like. It was just, like, amazing, like, being, like, viewed, like, yeah, it was, like, obviously sexual. We had, like, a sexual compatibility and dynamic that we'd been building on for months. But also it was, like, just Mm -hmm. being scrutinized in this, like, very honest way where it wasn't, like, there was obviously no judgment. It was just, like, perception. And it was, like, you know, him, like, trying to capture whatever beauty he saw in me and my body. And it was not erotic initially, but so erotic that I just got, like, rock hard sitting there naked being drawn and like he just kept going and I literally had to like I just like was like you have to stop and he was like what why thinking I was upset and I just like stood up and like threw his notepad away and immediately got to fucking him like it was so hot like it was one of the hottest experiences I've ever had I get that because I've been the Scottish twink like I've been the one I've been the one drawing the naked person like that used to be like a little move I would do in art school like sophomore and junior year I'd be like oh like come to my studio and like let me draw you sometime see now here's a flirting move you you could have but it's it's honestly it's tacky why is that tacky I mean maybe it's I think it's tacky to be like yeah it's a little gauche but it's also like it's fun like I felt the same way like I was like oh we're just being like how old were you when this happened 24 24 okay like we were just being like I was like oh we're being stupid like we're I'm shit-faced but like it is if you can like let go of the fact that it's like a pretty flamboyant cliche like Mm -hmm. it's hot and it's really intimate and it was super fun 
Oh, I would like to do that again. I haven't done that in ages. What's stopping you? What is stopping me? What but is stopping you? As far as exhibitionism goes, I had balcony sex when I was in Paris, like all the time. We had this like beautiful deck. My, Must be nice. My 65-year-old roommate, if you're listening, I doubt you are. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, am I allowed to say this? Teapaws? Teapaws. Teapaws. Um, I'm sorry. You lived with a 65-year-old man in Paris? Woman. Ah. And makes no so much more sense. Um, basically, I cannot remember her name, which is like honestly so embarrassing and I yeah. feel so bad about it. But she, everyone had like host mothers, but I was like, I'm independent. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. I don't want a host mother. I'm going to be doing my own thing when I'm in Paris. I cannot be tied to a family. Mm-hmm. So they set me up with this older woman who had this, like, big, beautiful apartment. And she was my roommate, essentially. Like, we didn't interact ever. She was always in her country cottage. So I was always just, like, fucking people and bringing them over. We had, like, a, th- I had, like, a little mini orgy in her living room once. And it's like That's so lush grandma decorations too. It was no, really I'm delicious with that. That's like exactly French what I want for my orgy. And she was a total feminist too, which was like super hot. And so we're on the, my ex-boyfriend and I were on the balcony and we're fucking and it's so hot. It's so incredible. And like the balcony faces this like circle, like a courtyard kind mm-hmm. of. And all of a sudden, as I'm coming, I let out a squeal and I, I immediately lock eyes with someone on the street. And Not mid squeal. I mid squeal like a little, like a little, like can you um, give us a sugar glider. Can scream. you give us like a, a sort of like ASMR like version of it? <laughs> it, it started as it started as like like a, a sexual squeal, and then it turned into a scream when I realized I locked eyes with somebody, and I ducked i just 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 yanked his dick out of me and like dropped down and he's like what are you doing like why why did you do that and i'm like i'm like with with his giant cock just like out flinching and just like looking at me and i'm just like there are people watching us and he's like there's a tree in front of us like no one can see and i'm like (laughs) bitch like i see the one thing i learned in the theater is that if you can see them, they can see you. Exhibitionism really is fun until you lock eyes with someone. Actually, the other day when the nurse was at my house and we were having sex, I don't think he noticed this, but basically, like, post-coital, like, we stand up and we were, like, kissing, like, ass naked. And then he, like, stops. He's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay. And I like, turn and I look out the window. And the hot dad that lives across the street from me is looking right fucking at me and like let me mm. tell you my heart stopped he but it was like he did i wish you all can't see but he did one of these things where he just looked at me but just for like a split second like just to communicate that he'd seen everything and then just like gave a little half smile and like turned around and like walked inside and i was like you can't see this right now but i'm gaping at that like gaping. That's, i'm gaping Mind like gaping. that's so hot it was so hot wait what especially because i have a huge crush on that dad you gotta bring him in. He's it's never gonna happen. <laughs> I have a huge crush on my friend Andrew, his apartment in Berlin. His downstairs neighbor is a super hot French daddy. And we bumped into him on the street and like said hello, everything, blah 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 blah. We left. The the week after I left Berlin, he was like, Who was that? 
beautiful, strawberry, blonde, mysterious woman you were with. She was so gorgeous. I was so enchanted by her. Oh, and I'm like, literally that. cheat on your wife with me. Literally <laughs> cheat on your wife with me. Well, speaking of daddies, let's actually jump into sexpionage. Yes. Because I have a bit of a tale. So um, it is a real thing. Apparently, like, actually people who work in espionage will, with, frequency fuck around around for intel and let me tell you it works um a few weeks ago i was again in williamsburg um fucking this like really hot daddy who like like proceeds to tell me afterward he's like sorry aside is a literal father and i and like i was like not hot not hot but like and i'm like okay where are your kids and he was like oh they're with my ex um and I was like, where's your ex live? And he was like, across the street. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so you both live in Williamsburg. And he was like, yeah, we're raising our children in Williamsburg. And I burst out laughing. And he was like, why is that funny? And you know what? I can't explain it, but it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Don't raise your kids in Williamsburg. Jesus fucking Christ. But anyway, um, point being, like we're having sex and he's so into it and like it's giving like it's giving power bottom it's not like a sub dom daddy situation mm-hmm. it's like i'm i'm giving power bottom and so i'm like oh yeah you like that and he's like uh-huh uh-huh and i'm like you yeah you're gonna order me an uber after this to get t- so i can go home in style like some like really <laughs> some crazy mouthful of a request and he was like uh-huh uh-huh and just like keeps fucking going and then like post-orgasm I'm like shimming into my shorts and I'm like so you are gonna order that uber right and he said yes and you know what it was like some crazy fucking surge and it was a 65 dollar uber and he looked at me and he was like I better see you again and I was like in my mind I was like you absolutely won't (laughs) I've done my fair share of sexual espionage being in Greek life just like that is true that does happen Going around, flirting with the football boys, like, trying to get all the intel I can on, like, who's cheating on who and who's cheating on who with who. I had a lot of fun with that. Like, shout out to everybody that I was kind of fucking with and flirting with. Like, a lot of these guys I was fucking and making out with behind closed doors. And I still, to this day, refuse. Because it's not like like I'm, like, outing people because they're still straight. But it's just, like... I'm not going to kiss and tell when it's not appropriate, if that makes sense. Yeah, when sure. I deem it not appropriate. Yeah, it's up to you. Yeah, it's, it's up life. to me. It's I want to keep their privacy. They wanted it to be in private, and it was, like, you know, several years ago. Like, there, I have no whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would flirt and make out with guys just so that I could find out, like, who my friend's ex, now ex-boyfriend, was cheating on her with. Oh, so flirting for its own sake is okay. Flirting for... <laughs> I mean, but it's like I mean, but it's like I was mani- it's, it wasn't for its own sake. It was like to manipulate people and like achieve like certain material ends. Yeah, but like I was still down. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's I fair. was still t- and baby girl, I was gonna give them the sloppiest toppy of their life. <laughs> okay, like I was gonna give them a gift, <laughs> if anything. Is that their love language? Uh, yeah. What is it? Um, Sloppy toppy. That's no. my love language. That's my love language. <laughs> oh my god! The finance that finance boy hit me up recently. Like he constantly hits me up like during the day. He's like, I need my dick sucked. I'm like, it's one p.m. I'm not. 
that is exactly when I would race to fucking Wall Street. Now. 130 for a big fat dick. Um, okay, wait. So then what is the difference between this getting intel that you're doing mm-hmm. and like wingmanning? I guess like one is like to actively break apart something, well, so whereas the other is to like create when something. When I was in a fraternity, we had this, we have this um thing called beach party where we fill the like dining room slash dance floor DJ area with sand with sand. Okay. Literally fuck people like you. That shit is so fucked up. Also, it's exciting. Okay. Also, did you know that's the number one way to get fleas into a building? No. Fleas live in sand. Sorry. Not related to this podcast at all, but like that is how fleas get in fucking buildings is sand. They live in sand. Wait, that's amazing information that I'm so glad you shared with the people. I'm so glad everyone can know. Stop throwing your fucking beach parties in your house. Period. But that my first beach party, I, my record is getting five brothers laid. I literally, this was like peak faggy Jeep though. This was like, <laughs> peak, like peak twink Jeep. Like I would go up to these random girls and be like, oh my God, I love your top. Where'd you get it? <gasps> Forever 21. Oh, what a steal. Oh my God. Obsessed. My friend over there who is like hit by the way, like not the fraternity that I was in was a mixed bag to say the least. <laughs> and they know it. Okay. They know it. We love self-efficacy. And I'd be like, my friend over there, like, I don't know what you've heard, but everyone I know that's fucked him has told me it's like the best sex of their lives and like I'm not gonna say anything but like I would do this kind of like size hand gesture with my hands to pretend like he has a big dick I don't know how big his dick is I'm totally lying and I would pull that shit constantly and it always fucking worked I am an insane wing woman when it comes to like men and women I'm so 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 good does winging require lying great fucking uh, no I don't think it does in this situation it totally it did. certainly did. it certainly did I was pulling the weight of a thousand tons I have never been asked to wingman which honestly insulting um if you're listening and we know each other what have I how have I wronged you <laughs> what do I mean to you what like what what did I do wrong um but I have been wingmaned and you know the thing is it really does work like mm-hmm. it really is nice when there's a person who has sort of uh, the social or emotional cachet to connect two people. And I think that's like really amazing, but it's also like, I think the thing about wingmanning that I'm never too fond of is it creates a degree of pressure because there is that mutual connection. Mm -hmm. There's like some sort of like, there's a desire to not only like get to know this person, but then for there's a pressure for it to work out because like this person has connected you and you don't want to like produce any sort of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in college, a friend of mine wingman me and connected like, and I started hooking up with this dude who he was like a few years older than us. He'd gone to college with us, um, had at that point graduated. Um, but I didn't know him at all when we were in undergrad and she did. And so she like connected the two of us and he was like so into it but like too into it. Like we were like hooking up in a club and he starts like putting his hand down my pants. And I was like, eh, no, like I don't want that to happen right now. And then like, was like very insistent, like kept like putting his hand in my pants to the point that I like had to stop and be like, no, like we're not doing this anymore. Like I'm, yeah. I am officially like no longer interested. Like hate that. I have like asked you to stop trying to shove your finger up my butthole in the middle of this club. 
uh, three times, and that is three times too many. Um, Hate that. And it was, like, upsetting because then my friend afterward was like, oh, like, what happened? And I kind of had to explain to her. And it's, like, it's not on her, right? It's not her fault. But I was just like, oh, God. Like, when these things become, like, enmeshed with, like, your friends and, like, people that you care about or just, like, people who are, like, in your life and, like, these, like, weird very ephemeral interactions that often go awry aren't like happening in as much of a vacuum as possible can kind of suck. Wait, so do you not like getting fingered in public? I do, but I didn't at this moment in time. Fair. I love getting fingered in public. I think it's the <laughs> I hottest do love fucking thing in the world. In it was also like, I was like, I was 20. Like I was just younger. I wasn't there yet. Like now as a 25 year old, I'm more, um, I'm in my fullest sluttiest form. And prepared for fingers and holes and all sorts of places. Do you remember the first time you were wingmanned? I think that was it, honestly. The first time I was ever wingmanned was in high school. There was one other faggot who went to this different school. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <coughs> and That does not count. <laughs> Amanda, I don't remember her last name, she went to that school and she's like, oh, you think he's hot? Like, let's talk to him after the show. Like, let's do this. And she completely introduced me, completely gassed me up to him, made the whole thing happen. It was amazing. That is sweet. So sweet. And it was just like, I women helping women. Women helping women. Um, I will say, fuck, that reminded me of something. Oh, um, I saw a tweet. This is totally off topic, but I simply have to share. Where someone said, um, I thought my day couldn't get any worse today. And then I met a dog named Amanda. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's awful. But amazing. Amazing. Um, spy role play, we just want to mention it. Like, honestly, the, it, it is hot. The idea of a heist, the idea of someone, like, descending from the ceiling, from your ceiling with, okay, they're, wait, they're, like, on, like, they're descending from the ceiling mm-hmm. with, like, in, like, full body con or latex or whatever with an erection. And they slowly descend, planting the erection into your hole. And then stealing your prostate and selling it on the black market. Exactly. Exactly. That is some fucking hot role play. Um, how are we doing on time? We're doing good on time. We we could keep going a little bit. Okay. Well, I really I, want to talk about secrets. Yeah. I think we should wrap up by talking about secrets and communication. And when is it okay to keep a secret? When is it okay to keep a secret? I do think there are specific instances. I know you have an answer and I just want to provide mine. Like I recently was told by a friend Um, like she had found out that she'd contracted HPV, which is Mm -hmm. literally not a big deal, right? It's the most common STI, um, in the world. It's also like fundamentally untreatable. And when men have it, there's no, not only can you not treat for it, but you can't test for it. Mm -hmm. So it's totally innocuous. And so she's freaking out trying to decide if like she should tell her partner who she's been hooking up with, with unprotected or not. And like she has ultimately decided to tell her partner, but a lot of people told her, I don't think you have to like, the only thing this is going to do is produce anxiety and there's nothing he can do about it. There's no way he can even test if he Mm. has it. And there's also nothing you can do about it. So Mm. like, I would still tell my partner, I would still tell my partner too. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm very empathetic to and understanding of like people who would decide to not. Yeah. Especially if like maybe like, and you know, God forbid anyone find themselves in this position, but you're with somebody who like, you just like don't think they have as progressive or evolved sexual politics as you. And like, you don't really want to go down that road. Like I, again, I would personally tell somebody, but I understand like why you wouldn't. And Mm -hmm. I can see, I can see 
a moral argument or like at least a philosophical argument for, yeah. for not telling somebody, but you have a much better example. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's better, but like I, as far as my transition goes and like how discovering my transness has gone down, like I have known that I was trans for a long time. I've known this since like maybe sophomore year of college. I didn't start experimenting with gender until like senior ish year. And then like, it wasn't, until I went back to school to finish my degree in 2019 that I was like really living life as a woman and then the pandemic happened and it kind of put a setback on my gender transition on my journey and then I was still dating as a gay man I was still looking for a boyfriend Mm -hmm. as a gay man and just hiding that side of me from these men that I was dating and I was hoping that like after my whole thought process was like, oh, like I'll tell them when I am not only when I'm ready, but like when I feel like they're ready, when I feel like they will like me regardless, because like I'm like at the time I wasn't on hormones. I wasn't doing it all. I wasn't presenting feminine all the time. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would like I wouldn't have pictures of me like this on my dating profiles. Right. I had a separate Instagram. I still have a separate Instagram that I'm going to merge soon. I'm like going to have a big coming out moment. It's going to be fantastic. Loving this rollout for you. But the first time I told someone like on a date that I went on a date with this, I think I might have told you about this, mm-hmm. that this trans guy I went on a date with super hot. So insane. Yeah. you did. We go to this. dinner and he tells me, he's like, oh, by the way, like, I'm trans. And I was like, oh, like, I know. And, like, I saw in your picture the top surgery scars, like, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I usually don't tell people this because I was pretending as a boy at the time. I was like, but I'm also trans. And I showed him my other Instagram, and we really connected, and it was so fantastic. We went to the other bar. We were talking to these other trans girls, having a great time. And then he told me, he was like, you know, we were talking about sex and sex stuff. And he's like, you know, no one's ever gone down on me. And I'm like, I totally get it. Like some trans people have like, I have genital dysphoria and like, sometimes I don't like letting people go down on me. And like, I totally understand. He's like, no, like I want someone to, no one just has. And I'm like, Oh, I'll eat you out in the bathroom. Literally right, right now, now. Literally right the fuck right now. now. <laughs> so at that bar in St. Mark's place, I took him to the bathroom downstairs and I ate that literally. I like, And I asked him, like, how do you want me to refer to your genitals? And he said, you can call it a pussy. And I'm like, okay, great. Hot. So. As a gay man, I love a pussy. Yeah. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. I, I remember texting, like, all of my friends that, a chunk of my friends that, like, all engage in, like, vaginal discourse I guess vaginal, vaginal discourse vaginal discourse real was like a hundred percent sure you were gonna say discharge but okay <laughs> and I was like I get it now I get it the shit is amazing I'm so into th- I could blow a bubble oh god what the and, fuck and then afterwards I fingered him on a park bench but a bubble with what like their smegma the pussy juice oh my god it was amazing but back at the ranch my point is <laughs> I, like, I didn't tell my boyfriend about the transness until, like, two or three months in, and then I didn't present feminine in front of him until my birthday party, and I told him, I was like, hey, like, I'm having a birthday party, you're obviously invited, but I'm obviously going to be looking like this, Mm -hmm. and now it's come to a point where, like, I'm in a point in my transition where 
I am presenting as a woman like daily. I I have new groups of friends that only know me like this. Mm-hmm. And going forward, I don't want to keep secrets from him anymore. Like I don't want to keep this a secret from him anymore. And I don't want to keep this a secret from anybody anymore. But like sometimes I have to just for safety reasons, yeah. like not revealing your trans. Like a lot of trans people will put themselves in danger revealing that they're trans. Of course, yeah. And so, God, it's this crazy little thing when you think about transes and secrets. So keeping secrets is okay. For safety. For safety. But also it's like, it's okay like in a time and a place. Like, yeah. There probably really isn't a secret, including your transness, that like you can hold on to forever. And, and let me should. tell you, like with this mug, like I can't really <laughs> keep this shit a secret. <laughs> I get clocked left and fucking right, bitch. People constantly are like, oh, this person, like trans, of course. (laughs) Penis. I'm like, all right, (laughs) I'll take it. All right. Uh, On that note. Gays and theys. Gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. All right, gatekeepers. On that note, don't keep secrets. Tell us everything. Everything. I'm Reese. I'm Jeep. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.